0: Maybe you've heard this before. Things are going to change around here. It's my way or the highway. Uh Uh-huh, you do know that, right? Or what about that great, that that great sentiment, right? I did things my way. Do You know, at one point, that was the most popular funeral song in Britain. People wanted to go out knowing and telling everybody else that I did it my way. Something about that feeling, right, of knowing you did things my way. Knowing you accomplished what you did my way. Knowing you lived your life my way. Keep that in your mind. Uh, If you would, please. And I remind you that as you read through the first couple of chapters of the book of Genesis, and if you read even just at least somewhat carefully, you notice there are two different accounts of the story of creation. Right. And the one that we read today is it isn't totally different, but it, it is unique. It has things about it that are different from the first. And as you see this, you have to ask questions. Right. Well, does that mean that there were two different creations? I don't think that's what's going on here. Or maybe is this a part of Jewish storytelling that, you know, usually we tell a story, we just sort of lay it out from point A to point B. And sometimes we see in Jewish storytelling, it's kind of like, well, here's point A, and we'll tell a little bit bit about it, and then we'll go back to point A, and and then we'll come back some more. And maybe there's some of that going on as well. And maybe also we recognize that, no, this isn't a different creation story. It's just It's it's not a different creation, it's just another way to tell the story of this creation. And it's odd, or it's ironic, I think, it's believed that this part of Scripture could be some of the oldest parts of Scripture in the entire Bible that we have, dating back to uh, the 10th century B.C., And as we read this story more and more, we realize that, you know what, this isn't a story about a man named Adam or some lady named Eve. This isn't a story about some man not doing what he's supposed to do or some lady dropping the ball or picking the fruit, as it might be. This isn't a story about Adam and Eve. This is really a story about us, you and me. And how ironic then, if we think about this, some of the oldest texts that we have that talks about us all these years later and still is able to talk about what we deal with even all this time afterwards. And of course, what we we don't read this, we're not reading this, this morning, this text by itself. We've coupled it with the account of Jesus' own temptation in the wilderness, right? And so we realize then. That part of what we are still dealing with today, that apparently we've been dealing with for a very long time, is this idea of temptation. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we do well to ask ourselves, what is temptation? For many people, temptation is just that nagging feeling to want to do something bad or to want to do something we know we're not supposed to do, is that temptation just to jump into something that maybe we shouldn't be jumping into. And obviously that plays a part somewhere, but I think this idea of what temptation is is a little more than that. And really, especially in light of the story of Adam and Eve, especially in light of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, what we realize is that temptation is about relying on ourselves Instead of God. It's about the temptation to do things my way. Instead of God's way. And it doesn't matter, it seems, whether we're in the wilderness. Or whether we are in some kind of paradise garden. The temptation is still the same. My way. Or God's way. And it's also, it seems, that uh, we we have a tendency to choose one of those ways more than the other. Hmm? We have a tendency to do things my way. Yeah, that whole God way song never made the charts like the Frank Sinatra song did, right? We have this tendency to do things my way. A theologian was asked once to, Uh, respond by writing an article to this question. What is wrong with the world? Think about Somebody asked you, what is wrong with the world? Some of us say, oh, these young people, they don't know, right? Or what's wrong with the world? Terrorism, what's wrong with the world? We just name all kind of things, right? And this one guy, he answered in two words. What is wrong with the world? I am. I am wrong with the world. How's that for a pick-me-up? What we realize in that short uh, essay is that there is something about us. Can't always put our finger on it, but there is something about us that takes us away from what God intends for us. and Consequently, maybe messing up the good world that God intends has created for us. Remember, God created and God said that it was good. And sometimes as we think about the news, or we think about what's going on in our communities, we realize some things going on are really not good at all. So what happened? Sometimes we say, well, maybe we happened. And what that statement comes down to, I think, is about our choice of doing things our own way or God's way. And you know what I mean. Let, let's, let's, let's go through some examples, if you will. If somebody hurts me, my way is to make sure that they hurt back. Fair? If somebody wrongs me, my way says, well, I'm going to make sure they get theirs. Or, my way is to give them a piece of my mind. If someone finds himself lonely or abandoned, Quite often, my way means I will find things to fill that void, and quite often it's things that are not beneficial, certainly things that are not God. If I'm angry at someone, my way is to harbor feelings of resentment. If someone different from me has something different to say to me, my way is to form an opinion about that person and their thinking. If what I need to do is get ahead, then my way is to do anything I need to do to get ahead. That makes sense at all? We realize that some of the things we find ourselves doing are not God's ways. They're my way. And we realize about doing things my way is that it begins to take us away from God. We begin to wander away from God when we're committed to doing things my way. And what we have to realize is God has done so much for us. Adam and Eve, if you think about the story, they had everything they needed. They had food. They had companionship. They had purpose quite often we think about paradise and, think, man, paradise, I'd be sitting by the beach with the hammock and people would be serving me and this would be good. But see, that's my way. That's our paradise. But if you think about the original paradise. There's nobody serving anybody. Adam has a job to do, right? He has a purpose. And they had everything they needed, but it wasn't enough. Think about Jesus. Here he is in the wilderness, right? And he's being led by the Spirit, which I think is another sermon for another day, but he's being led by the Spirit here to be tempted by the devil. And he goes through this temptation, these 40 days in the desert. And at the very end, I love what Matthew says, immediately after the devil left, he was attended to by angels. So not only do we have everything we need, We realize that when we are in need, God still provides. God cares for us. And yet many times, we're more committed to doing things my way. And sometimes as we do things my way, we don't even realize how far we've gotten from God's way. Then praying just isn't the same anymore. Well, yeah, I prayed yesterday or Sunday. Yeah, I I did pray as I watched TV, and I thought about all those people in Japan. I kind of said a short prayer, but nothing like I would have before. And then, you know, when we wandered so far, reading Scripture is kind of like, well, that's that thing we do on Sunday morning. And even our language changes. The things we talk about, the things we think about, as we wander further from God, those things begin to change, don't they? we begin to speak differently. We begin to speak about things differently. And even Sunday morning becomes that time, you know what, this is really the only time I have for me. We start doing things my way, and then we wonder why we feel confused. We wonder why we can't find answers. We wonder why we feel defeated. We even wonder why we can't find the joy that we want to have. I think eventually we get to a point where we realize what St. Augustine once said is that we are restless until we rest in God. My friends, those are powerful words and maybe you should write them down and put them on your refrigerator or something, but we are restless until we rest in God. Because our wandering away from God takes us places we weren't meant to go. Our wandering away from God takes us places that God didn't want us to go. Not because God's some kind of killjoy, but because you know what? We don't need to be there. We need to be right here with God. You think about it, that's what Christ did. Each of those three temptations that he was given, he responded to each one of them with what? It is written, Right? God's word, right? Jesus knew his Bible. Imagine that, right? Jesus knew his Bible. And as the devil told him things, you know, Jesus didn't say, wait a minute, devil. I think you're taking that verse out of context. Or you know what? No, no, no. Let me tell you where else it says something else. Jesus didn't go there. He didn't get into all that. What he did was rested in God's word that God's word would move him out of that. And guess what it did? He knew the word of God. He used the word of God. And he understood that that word, I think, brought him and God closer together. And if you think about it in some way, Eve knew God's word too. When the serpent first came, and did God say that? And she actually rattled off what God had already said. And if you paid attention to the story, God actually told Adam that. Right? So somewhere, maybe she was eavesdropping, eavesdropping, maybe. Maybe Adam had told her, what, whatever, but as the story goes, she knew it. But what did she do? She had things my way. The question then for us is, how will we, how will we respond to the temptation to do things my way? friends, the good news for us today is we don't have to do it my way, at least not in the way we're talking about. We don't have to rely on ourselves. We don't have to have this unholy dependence on ourselves instead of God. Psalm 32, the psalmist says to God, you are my hiding place. After the psalmist has admitted his or her transgressions and turned to God, he trusts in God and says, you are a hiding place for me now think about that the next verse that we stopped at in, in Genesis 3 after Adam and Eve realized uh oh we're naked huh? it says they hid from God but you and I realize today we don't have to hide from God we can hide in God And it's there with God we find forgiveness, we find compassion, we find wholeness, we find purpose, we find hope. And it's in there with God we realize that we don't have to do things my way, unless my way is God's way. In Jesus' name, amen.